From Port Huron, Michigan, I'm Tyler Moldovan. And I'm Shannon Renard. And this is Earthward, a podcast by Seed and Soul Society. Today we're going to be talking with Seed and Soul Society's president and co-founder, Heather Fagan. And uh, I guess we could do a little bit of housekeeping and talking about what we've been up to. Uh, you know, the first episode of the podcast has already gone out by this time, um, so we can kind of have a chit-chat about uh, what people have been up to, I guess, or what people have said about the podcast so far, what the reception's been like. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. I received quite a few messages from local people um, who have an idea of who Seed and Soul Society is. Um, They've been supporters for a, a little bit. At yeah, least. yeah, a couple um, members and also just like community people who have been kind of keeping a peep on us. But uh, also... I've got people from outside of our location who have listened in, and they really enjoy what we've got going on. So I think there's some excitement brewing. Yeah, that's good. We It's good to know that we have broad appeal, and it's not just a, a Port Huron party. Yeah. As much as as much fun as that probably would be, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of parties in Port Huron. <laughs> right. Um, so I guess some housekeeping stuff that we can uh, touch base on in terms of what Seed and Soul Society has been up to. Um our soup distribution days, which have normally been on the third Sunday of every month, uh, we're now we've we've moved it to the Y during the winter because we need a place to be sheltered and not frozen outside, uh, giving away food. Um, so at the Y, there they've currently been closed on Sundays, I believe. So we don't really have the foot traffic of people just being at the Y, enjoying the facility. So uh, when Josh Chapman reached out to us and suggested that maybe we could move it to a Saturday. I know that we had already had like private conversations about that. Like, right. And, and I think the main issue with it being on a day where the Y is not actually open is the YMCA is located off of the beaten path. Like it's not on a main drag. It's, it's down a street that is specific to, uh, if you're going to be at the YMCA. Yeah, you're, it's not something you're going to stumble upon necessarily. Like you, you have to be going there with intent or we have to have done a really good job at marketing to people to know that like it exists. Right. And I think a lot of times, no matter how much uh, social media marketing or like getting in touch with the schools, there's still a, um, a, a, oh, well, there's basically a section of people that, might not have access to those types of marketing. So um, I think flyers and like guerrilla marketing where we just like post up, you know, signage in places that anybody anytime can see is going to be uh, very crucial to the success of us getting a ton of soup out. Yeah, I think so. And and in reality, we are like the problem is large, but um, the way that you keep that kind of reasonable and manageable is shrink things down a bit. And if we're only concerned about like the greater Port Huron area, uh, that gives us a better place to aim and social media and online marketing can go to anyone in the County, you know, and, and maybe it's easier to just go directly to those people's doors and like hand them a flyer and be like, Hey, there's this thing we're handing out soup. Like, are you hungry? Like, what are you doing Saturday? Uh, and I think that people, usually react to that a little bit better. It's more personable. Right. And I think uh, one of the things that we had spoken about as a group is that our target, uh, I don't want to say target audience, but demographic. demographic that we're actually reaching out to with the soup distros are 
people who are uh, families and individuals who are working and they likely just have a little bit of a gap to fill. So the soup distro at this point is not essentially large enough to be a solution to we're we're not a we're a brand new uh, organization. We're not like an in- institutionalized like the YMCA, where people know that if they need a box of food, they can probably show up at the YMCA and find it there. Correct. So yeah, basically, this is a way for people to uh, see what we are all about, know that we're also a resource uh, for those sorts of issues, food insecurity, any sort of like help needed, we can probably direct them in partnership with the Y as well. But um, it's it's more or less just a, a way to let people know who we are and what we're what we're all about instead of trying to fill a food insecurity gap, gap at that moment. Yeah, we just don't like big picture that that's what we would love to do, but we, like realistically speaking here that's the, we're not there yet um, as much as we'd like to be. Um, so the soup distro is just like a grassroots kind of uh, build support from within the community type thing. That's kind of how I've been able to look at it. And and that feels like it makes more sense than it feels like we're actually doing something rather than like directly trying to, uh... I'm sorry, my dog is just barking like crazy upstairs. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I don't remember where I was going with that, but it, it, it feels, it feels better that like, we're not just like a drop in the bucket in food insecurity if we realign what the goal of this soup distribution is, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Right. And really, it's a social event, too. So as we go into the warmer months and, and perhaps um, when we get into an actual garden space, we can do the distros there as well. And that will have more of a, a social feel, um, like a meet up and eat up sort of situation instead of like, here, here's some soup. It's cold. Go home. Yeah. Cause we are concerned with building community and like building those social connections with people because, you know, if you have people who have minimal social connections, that's how people start to fall through the cracks is when they don't have that social support network around them, what they call social infrastructure. Right. Absolutely. And I, I actually, it was kind of funny you mentioned that because I, I realized over the last couple of days and some of my like personal endeavors that I think part of the reason I kept falling into the cracks personally was because I never felt like I had somebody uh, in my corner or believing in me or just offering a hand up. Um, yeah, you almost feel bad at, 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 at for even asking for help, even though you could be, you know, it could be just that little bit of help that in the grand scheme of things, isn't that isn't that big of a deal for most um it can help you get out of that situation a lot quicker than trying to you know bootstrap it right absolutely and sometimes all you just need is a friend right. and i think that's where the social aspect comes in because uh if you have a nice social network then you are able to have personal confidence to uh, at least help get out of a situation that might be detrimental right absolutely um and then kind of piggybacking off of that uh you know, we've had for quite some time now a general plan in the works to create some sort of community space and, you know, public garden type deal. Uh, and we've actually gotten to the point where um, there's a plan in the works. You know, we're not going to talk too much about it, but uh, this can be kind of a tease, I guess, uh, for the future of our community gardens. And one of the main points of that is for it to be a community space for people in that neighborhood to use and utilize as 
both, uh, you know, potentially a food source, but as well just a meeting place and, like, a nice, comfortable public space for folks to interact with their neighbors and just, like, spontaneously bump into them because that's how you keep a neighborhood safe. Everyone needs to know each other. Absolutely. I think the area in, uh, in which we are referring to is beautiful and can also be a draw to outside Absolutely. meeting members. So um, hopefully that'll be like one of the premier spots to to meet and have fun and just relax in Port Huron. Yeah. So so with that being said, we, we uh, know that um, it's not going to be a endeavor that we can take on just out of our own pocketbook. So that is why we're exploring options with things like patronicity where uh it's a crowdfunding platform essentially that matches you with grant funds uh mainly from the medc i think is what the michigan situation looks like they do things in massachusetts and other places as well but um it'll be interesting i think this friday uh in a couple days here we have what are we it's a sunday right now is when we're recording this so in a few days we'll have a meeting with them and see what that possibility could even look like uh and of course we'll keep everyone updated on what's going on with that and you know if there's any other people out there looking to set up a community garden or a nice public space or get a mural installed in your city like these are all these are things that uh this grant opportunity uh basically enables you to do it's a matching grant with crowdfunding so the community proves that they want something there and this medc says okay yeah sure and they pony up the money so i mean that sounds pretty exciting to me at least absolutely like i i know like it can be kind of daunting looking online and trying to find resources for even micro grants and uh a lot of times you know especially with larger grants they want to see what you've brought to the table so being a a very young seedling of an organization uh there's a, a few more ho- hoops it seems like we have to jump through but i think we're well on our way and we've got a lot to show just in the last year so i'm pretty excited i think it's going to really pan out and uh we've got some great support in the community already so i i think once we start planning some things and hosting regular events it's just going to take off. People are going to want this to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then I guess that's a pretty good segue that we can transition into uh, talking to Heather Fagan. She's the president of Seed and Soul Society, and she's also our resident master gardener. But um, let me get her on the line here, and uh, we'll let her properly introduce herself. All right, so we've managed to get Heather on the phone with our new setup here, and uh, hopefully everyone can hear her clearly. Uh, if not, um, we'll fix this in post. <laughs> but uh, so Heather, uh, I kind of introduced you as you know our master gardener and president of Seed and Soul Society. Um, but here on the Earthward Podcast, let's uh, uh, I'll let you introduce yourself and you know how you show up in the world and where do you live? I think you live on the southern end of Port Huron, but not quite South Park. Uh, you want to talk a bit about yourself for a second? Sure, sure. Hi, everybody. Um, I am happy to be here. I'm really excited about this podcast that uh, my amazing co-founders have put together. Um, it's it's a great way to get you guys the information i think that's going to be important on your gardening journeys and um you know just you know learning about the things that we're we're hoping to teach 
So, uh, so what, yeah, thanks for being here. Yeah, what is your background like, I suppose? Like, what got you interested in this sort of stuff in the first place? Uh, I always have had a connection to the earth, I think. Mm-hmm. That's I, perfect for the Earthward podcast. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, since I was little, um, I, I guess it started off with, you know, just being a little girl, loving pretty things, loving flowers. And, um, I see why you, you gravitated know, I, towards all of us. Yeah, you guys are very pretty. <laughs> I do. I, I run with a very pretty crew of people. <laughs> and so, um, I um, I mean, I grew up in a in a home where you know there was always food cooking. Yeah, that's good. So, yes, yeah. So, um, the concept of people not having food, I guess, always kind of escaped me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really something that. I understood as a real problem because unfortunately oftentimes we don't recognize there's a problem until we face it ourselves or unless we're even whether, whether it's us experiencing it or we happen to be bystanders, you know, on the outside looking in. Right. Um, Once you have that personal connection to someone's struggle or your own struggle, uh, it becomes a lot more real and less, uh, absolutely empathy kicks in right which i mean in theory should kick in pretty easily but uh you know time has shown that that's not always the answer (laughs) right well right and you know when when you grow up in an environment where there's no you don't understand that there is urgency in matters like that you yeah, I guess you're not really trained to, um, I'm sorry, for lack of a better term, I guess, yeah, trained to to understand that there is. Right. No, I, I, I agree with you. Um, it, it's once you realize things like that that exist. Um, and I guess that's kind of what we're doing with the podcast and Seed and Soul in general is trying to... Um, you know, open people's eyes up to other people's struggle. It's not, it's not just about the individual. It's also about the community and, you know, people around you. And if people around you are suffering, that uh, ultimately as a community drags everyone down. So that's something that we should, you know, strive for is that everyone that lives nearby and, you know, people in the world can, uh, you know, live and thrive without having to worry about where their next meal is coming from. Um, Right. But that being said, I guess we can kind of transition. We we talked, we teased a little bit that we have uh, some sort of community garden project happening, but no no specifics have been divulged just yet. Um, oh, okay, we're keeping secrets still. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, but you know, in the in we're in the process of like budgeting out and planning our community garden, which is probably well a bit bigger of a project than most people's backyard gardens. But uh, we wanted to have you on to you know, as the master gardener on Seed and Soul Society, uh, we'd invite you onto the Earthward podcast and maybe give a little, uh, some tips and tricks and things to think about when people are planting their own gardens in their backyard. I also want to point out too, like, uh, Heather, can you explain what master gardener is? Yeah. It's, I guess that's kind of a esoteric concept for most people. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, um, a Master Gardener course is um, a series of classes that takes place over the course of a few months. Um, Basically, you are spending four hours once a week in a classroom, and you're listening to actual experts 
in the field of gardening speak and um, talk about their hands-on experiences, um, they literally give you this like thousand page book Bible and oh my gosh <laughs> yes <laughs> yes and I mean it covers everything from from how raindrops affect your garden to like the overall you know e- how the ecosystem works around it yeah a real holistic look at things right oh uh, yeah everything I mean I'm there's no stone unturned when when it comes to this class and it's so much information to retain so that's why the um in person education part of it is just the tip of the iceberg right so you actually have to put in um certain amounts of volunteer hours um with hands-on gardening where you log in your hours into the systems and um and a certain amount of education hours. And once you reach a certain amount of education hours, then you become an advanced master gardener. And, um, you know, and moving forward, you keep kind of going higher in the ranks of master gardener um, until you uh, can teach courses or, you know, you can go out and, um, you know, go out into the world and spread the information that you learn. Um, a disciple un- of the garden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Heather, and, where, uh, where, where would somebody go to become a, a master gardener? Like, what does that look like? So you would log on to um, the MSU extension programs online and you would look up the master gardener courses. So they're not offered all the time. So you just have to keep an eye out for when, um, when they are, and they are in Macomb County. They, unfortunately do not offer them here in port huron but who knows maybe with a little push we can help change that okay great maybe we can get a link up uh for the msu extension yeah for uh, people locally and and i'm sure uh you know michigan state's not going to say no to anyone out of state taking their uh their master gardener course right and there might actually be other programs in other states i would i would assume yeah Oh um, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm sure that this it's it's a very far reach because you have they're all over. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. If you even if you go to rest stops, I've noticed like when we go on road trips, um, if you go to rest stops and you see like those little areas, those little garden areas with benches and things like that, um, you'll you typically see a plaque that is some master gardener chapter that tends it. Oh wow, that's really cool. Actually, I didn't I didn't realize that. Um... So I guess in terms for folks planting their own backyard gardens or, you know, maybe larger grow situations, uh, I I know know we've talked about things with our our gardens, you know, just basic soil testing, uh, checking where the sun is, uh, you know, do you want to go into like a little bit more depth on on that type of stuff? Uh, What your level of commitment is maybe to, you know, being realistic about your garden? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um... I think that, like, um, you know, two very important things, like you just mentioned, are soil testing because we want to have, uh, we want to have a good um, balance of nutrients in the soil, and typically we want, you know, five percent organic matter overall in our soil with a pH between six and seven. So the pH level in your soil is you know, is, is the amount of acidity that's right. in your soil and too much acid in your soil is going to stunt the growth of your plants. So luckily 
most of your typical garden vegetables, tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers, zucchini, they all fall within a pH of six and seven. Okay. So those are, those are easier things to grow then that you can just shove in the ground and, and have more luck with typically. Right. And those, those are, I mean, I think when people think of their at home gardens to start, mm-hmm. those are, I think that those are probably like the four that stand out. The core. Right. Right. Because, I mean, corn is typically grown in masses. Right. You don't really see a lot of home gardens um, with corn growing because you typically need at least 12 rows because they cross-pollinate each other. Right. Same with, you know, just kind of like the same concept with apple trees and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, so testing soil is super important. You just want to know that if you're going to take the time to plant things, you, they, they can grow. Yeah, the soil's because, good. And... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, doing a garden is taxing. Mm-hmm. Heather, it is. It's incredibly rewarding, but taxing. Uh, Heather, we, so as our organization, we were actually uh, lucky enough to have Emily uh, from the conservation district reach out to us and teach us about soil uh, testing. What's your advice for people who might not have uh, access to a concert, uh, conservation district chapter or um, how would how would just like a regular Joe doing a home garden go about getting a soil test? You can actually purchase them um, online or in garden stores. Uh, if you go to your local like, um, you know, KB Garden Supply or um, your local greenhouse I, they will typically have, um, you know, some kind of kit or even, you know, a direction to put you in mm-hmm. to be able to do it. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, for people listening, not directly in the St. Clair County area, um, you know, if you don't have an organization like ours, that's, uh, talking about all this gardening type stuff, usually if you just wander into uh, a place that looks vaguely, uh, agriculture based you know a feed and seed or somewhere that sells bulk things and you kind of poke behind the counter and ask them about things uh you usually pretty surprised on you know how much information is out there in your own local community uh so just being able to find the places that that you would imagine gardeners congregate uh (laughs) and just being like hey i want to get some soil tested do you know uh anything about that uh and you know usually i would I would bet that the people selling soil know where to get yourself some soil tests as well. Oh, I, these people are a wealth of knowledge. Any place that I've ever walked into where I've had a question that's been garden related, I have not, I've been met with nothing short of an overabundance of information. Right. So uh, it, when, and kind of piggybacking off of that, obviously like Port Huron's kind of a, an odd area where we have so many different uh types of soil i know some you know like by my house it's all clay but then you go a mile in towards the lake and it's all sand you know or if you come downtown well you have to deal with the potential of toxins from you know uh the the factories so are there more are there people that should most certainly get a soil test um in a in a specific area um that i'm not 100 sure on that i don't really want to um to speak on that i guess because i i don't feel knowledgeable enough to 
to um, give an answer. But I do know that if you do get a soil test and it is not, you know, if it doesn't look like you should be planting there, there are alternatives. Yeah, I guess do you want to talk, maybe talk about some of the alternatives then uh, if people, you know, if people want to err on the side of caution when planting a garden, they don't really know or they're not trusting of the soil in their backyard. Um, you know, I know there's raised bed options, but, you know, are there cheaper options out there, I guess? I, I know I've seen people there's, use bags or. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, there's always um, there's container gardening. Um, especially for smaller spaces. And I think that maybe that in the Port Huron area, because we are on a lot of silly city lots, um, you know, there's lack of space. And mm -hmm. a lot of times people might not necessarily want to use up what little yard that they have completely for a garden. Right. That's kind so, of where I'm at um, right now. Right. So um, container gardening is always an option. And there are, um, there are different, you know, types of, tomato plants or different types of pepper plants that are basically created specifically for smaller growing spaces. So for example, there's compact pepper plants. They only get maybe about eight inches wide. Really? And maybe, yeah. Yep. And then, you know, like those little, um, they look like little bell peppers that you get in the bags. Yeah. So you can grow a little plant like that and it's not going to, you can grow something like that in a container and get a variety of different colored peppers off one plant. Wow. That's crazy. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and specifically mm -hmm. useful for people who are, you know, like me, I, like, I have no idea. I grew up with a garden in my backyard, but like to hell if I knew how to do anything with it, you know what I mean? <laughs> so right, I, right. I'm, I'm in the process of right now of, uh, you know, I bought a house within city limits and I have a you know, a sizable backyard for someone who lives this close to downtown. Um, and I'm looking to, uh, you know, I abut next to an alley. So I have decent amount of sunlight and uh, <laughs> hoping to do some sort of raised bed situation going on uh, along the alleyway. Um, so like, yeah, having space saving plants and things like that do, you know, I think yeah. that, having that plan ahead of time, is going to be a lot better than having like tomato plants that overtake my entire yard or something like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's why, and you know, there are certain keywords that you look for, like on tomato plants, um, determinant and indeterminate. So like a determinant plant's only going to get so big. Oh, okay. Because it stops growing at a certain point. Indeterminate plant that you don't know how big that's going to grow. Which is what I found, like a lot of the types that I've planted are indeterminate. So they just get huge. <laughs> 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 they get like out of control. But I mean, it's okay. I, I did a little bit of a, of a rogue garden experiment in my home garden last year because <laughs> I let all of the seeds that fell, I just let them go. And I ended up with, I am not even kidding you, like 150 tomato plants. Oh my God. Oh. And so I ended up, <laughs> and I mean, it was fun until I had to like start thinning them out. And I'm like, oh my yeah, gosh, what did I do? De definitely like produce, produce, right? Yeah. Oh, I, there were so many tomatoes. <laughs> I didn't, I never thought I could get sick of them, but I did. Yeah. I feel like you gave me a few tomato plants and they got out of control, even in the little boxes that I had. And <laughs> I know I did get a couple pepper plants from you. And so I still have peppers. I dehydrated and, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. that And that was literally just like one plant of peppers. 
hundreds. That's awesome. Yes. <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> that makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So even things like, um, you know, cucumbers, people, you know, don't think of that because, you know, you can trellis them, you can grow them straight up, you can grow them up against the wall, as long as you're getting enough sunlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that might be something you I know? look into. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate having you on, Heather. Uh, you know, maybe we can make this some sort of regular segment to uh, check in with everyone mm-hmm. in their garden planning stages and garden production stages to see... Uh, if we can glean any uh, useful information, like uh, what do they call it? Determinant plants in my urban backyard. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely <laughs> feel like there's, I mean, just what you have spoken on, on this little, I mean, we've, we've only gone through like one or two little bullet points that, that Tyler and I had on the outline and <laughs> there's already a ton of information. So I really do it's think we'd so have to much. expand. <laughs> I mean, you can't sum up the Bible in a day. So <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, no. We'll we'll get more in depth in it on another time. That but I am awesome. looking forward to um to being able to um to show the community what we have up our sleeve coming up here soon. Yeah, us too. We're really excited. Yeah. I th- I think we'll get into that in the coming uh in the coming weeks here. So uh thank you so much for being on, Heather, and uh you know, we'll we'll wrap things up here with the podcast shortly. So absolutely. Great. Thank well, you. thanks for having me, guys. Of course. All right. Have a great day. You too. You too. Take Bye. care. Bye. I didn't even think that it was gonna get that in depth so quickly. So, like, yeah, this is gonna have to be like a Heather segment. I think, like, we could totally bring this out over the growing season because mm-hmm. the shit she has to say is. Mm-hmm. It's just like those little things too, where it's just like, how, how do you how do you structure these things rather than just like I think we just need to get it out there. Yeah, yeah, because it's so much. Like I mean, this is, I hate to say it, like this is obviously people shouldn't. Okay, so yeah, a sunny level spot that's important. Um, choosing your vegetables, and I we can, if you want, we can even just like run through this briefly mm-hmm. and then expound on it later. Um, so. I think she did touch on like plan, you know, where to put your garden. So you're going to, you're thinking of raised beds, obviously Mm -hmm. like the alleyway for space, sun. And frankly, you don't know what's in that dirt in the alley. Right. So that's important to think about that. Um, For me, I, I actually am switching from uh, more raised beds to actually like direct. sow into the ground this Mm -hmm. year, because I do have a, that little side of my house right. that I walk by eight times a day and it's right next to the hose and it's very sunny. There is a little bit of a slope to it, but mm-hmm. I think if I plant it, um, you know, like drier plants at the top and then things that need more moisture towards the bottom, just because our backyard does get pretty wet and moist right. and it's the first thing to get Swampy. shade. The neighbor's house it's a swamp in the backyard for the first three months of spring and summer. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking of doing that. Um, but I'm also thinking about maybe doing some more like pollinator plants up front flowers. Yeah. Um, I bought a giant bag of, uh, native wildflowers. Yeah. I did that last year. I have a weird strip on the one side of the house. I just ran through with a tiller and threw down the seed and then, it was great. I had tons of uh, little birds, and I I even read 
like obviously some of the plants get pretty tall Mm -hmm. let them dry out and instead of cutting them or mowing them down leave them in the winter because it gives birds a place to perch so they will stay in your area and i've noticed that so um those are kind of things i'm thinking about how much to plant well you know it it talks about at the msu tip sheet is the the planning chart i don't I mean, I give away whatever's extra, but if it was just myself and I wasn't involved in the things we're doing, I would probably, that would be way too much food. And if you overproduce, um, you know, I know people who hate tomatoes, but they were nice to their neighbor at one point and like said, oh yeah, you know, passively, I love tomatoes. And now like here he is six years on and he doesn't like, he gets tomatoes like every month, every summer from this guy. And he like, just doesn't have the heart to tell him like, Hey man, like I was just being like, I don't like to make. Well, I mean, and even with that, I mean, if it's an excuse to give, like, yeah, you just pass it along. Yeah, Just ask your, your na- yeah. Ask your neighbors around town and just be like, uh, you know, I have an insane amount of tomato plants that are overproducing. Like, I don't know what to do with them. Do, like, would you like any? Um, right. And you know what, too? Like, now that there's all these um, little food pantry boxes that are popping up, um, you know, in public spaces and also on private property, you know, like, mm-hmm. I've seen them around the city. I know a few people. Yeah, little have, food pantries. That... Yeah. I mean, why would you not use the that opportunity of excess to fill those? Yeah, I know locally we have, like, the uh, Blue Water Mutual Aid who... Uh, we probably will be utilizing a lot uh, yeah. in the coming years specifically for things like that. I think that that'll be a great partnership to have uh, to offer fresh produce to folks who, you know, don't want another box of rice. And like, how do you cook a box of rice if you don't have a house or don't have Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, you know, like it's easy for, for you and you and I to say, oh, there's never too much food out of a garden. But I'm, you know, if you're, um, if you have limited mobility, you have to also take that into consideration in your garden planning, um, time commitment, you know, what good is a tomato if it's rotting on the vine? So, right. um, and I think that was a good point that you said too, about like placement of your garden. Uh, it doesn't just need to be a place that gets a whole bunch of sun, but it needs to be a place that you can attend to. And that doesn't like out of sight, out of mind type deal. Cause I know that if, if like my object permanence is like if it doesn't exist like it's gone might as well not even exist if i can't see it if it's behind a cover or something like that right uh, and i forget about it and then i go i'm like oh yeah shoot uh all that work and effort like it's all dead that's kind of what happened with my tomatoes this last year mm-hmm. i mean frankly like they just they grew like crazy and then it we had so much rain uh if i didn't go out there right away and pick them then they would explode because they were just so saturated with water. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if they were actually next to my side door and not down in the very far back of my yard, mm-hmm. I would have. Yeah, had think a- about like it's it's not bad to think about your own conveniences and your own like you know that's something that you should be thinking about when you plan your garden because getting too deep into the weeds, so to speak, with like this needs to be here. It was just like, well, will you go there and like tend to it and things like that? You know. Uh, creating places that are purposeful not just uh you know places to reap from i guess right the cool thing with the peppers because i worked like 80 or 90 hours a week there for most of the summer um i would my i would go out to the pepper boxes they were raised beds out on the boulevard um next Mm -hmm. to the mailbox well if i didn't get to the to them right away well they would just turn red and then they'd get hot so you know that's the cool thing about peppers is you can just let them go 
for a long time for the most part if right. they're in a, in a proper spot. But um, so I had a nice variety of sweet and uh, a little a little hot peppers here and there. So it was and and they were easy. They grow very very easily. Mm-hmm. And everyone knows what to do with peppers most of the time. You can basically put it in anything. Anything, yeah. Um, but I think we, we're kind of wrapping things up here today, uh, and we can uh, jump into our little outro here. You know, we want to thank everyone for sticking around and listening, and, uh, you know, we hope that we uh, have been able to provide you with some information, uh, some useful resources. There will be stuff linked in the description here this time um, from the Michigan State University Extension, uh, and we have a few other pdfs and things that we'll link there i think we talked about uh the specialty specialty plants for small spaces uh determinant plants and indeterminate plants uh we could even uh put in the link i think uh for the upcoming uh soup mas- dist- well oh. the soup distro yes and the master gardener program coming up uh there's also uh msu extension has a uh garden expo uh it Prior to the pandemic, it was an expo and uh, day of workshop, like a convention. And I've been going the last, this will be my third year, and it was virtual last year. And it was it was still amazing information um, of all kinds of gardens, both ornamental and functional um, vegetable gardens. So I will put that in the links as well. Um, honestly, I, I think we can definitely expand on all the information here through the season. So I hope going forward, we'll be able to. Yeah. I think we're we're starting to skim the surface of a lot of these things, because I know in our personal conversations, things get pretty uh, into the weeds and and we're like, (laughs) Holy shit. How did we get, how did we get here? Yeah. Um, But yeah, I think, I think this will be something really interesting to expound upon and to, you know, dig a little deeper into a lot of these things. No pun intended. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we want to, let everyone know to make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh leave us a rating on itunes that uh that's what i hear helps folks um uh if you want to text us personally and let us know that we're doing a great job we really appreciate that vote of confidence and (laughs) yeah and and also if you have any questions or uh topic ideas i would definitely love to uh, find answers and uh, hopefully chat about the Whatever you guys want to hear, that's important to, for us to know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we actually do have a email account that uh, you guys can send us uh, for the Earthward podcast. It's uh, earthwordpod at gmail.com. That's E-A-R-T-H-W-A-R-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to send us an email of your thoughts, concerns, suggestions, uh, hate mail, we'll take any of it. <laughs> we'll read it live on air. Um, and yeah, I think after our next episode comes out, um, we would have done another one of our soup distributions. So uh, next time we'll have a nice conversation about how that went um, since it's moved to Saturday now instead of Sunday. Yeah, that's, that's going to be huge for us. And I think for the community as well. So, um, with that in mind, we welcome you to, to, uh, visit our website and, uh, you can join our mailing list as well. We are at, uh, s3ph.com and, uh, yeah, you can follow us and, uh, volunteer, donate and check out what's going on. Yeah, uh, you know, Earthward is a podcast by Seed and Soul Society, and Seed and Soul Society is a 
nonprofit that is member supported. Um, so to donate, you can head to our website, s3ph.com, and uh, we'll see you all next time.